we survived Friday night, and it's now day four of STOV 2019, and the only time during all these episodes when I actually quote Elton John correctly, Saturday, 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 Saturday. So it is really busy today. Because it is Saturday, we have lines for everything. So the line for the TNG actors is coming out of the vendor's hall. This is done for logistical reasons and for safety reasons because on the other side of the hall, along the other wall, you have all of the Discovery actors doing their photo ops, along with Nichelle Nichols doing the farewell tour. So as you can hear, I came from the quiet room that they do have set up here at the Rio, where if you just need some place to decompress, because in years past that would be Quark's Bar, but because they have the CBS All Access stage, and they have a demo set up for the Deep Space Nine slot machine game, it's not as quiet as it's been in years past. So they have a specific family room, or family slash quiet room where if you need like a few minutes to decompress, you can. Okay, so currently right now, William Shatner is on stage doing his panel. I won't be live tweeting anything until about 2 p.m. That's when Kate Mulgrew has her panel moderated by our good friend, Amy Imhoff. Really quick. Okay, so where'd you get the idea to do the logicians baseball uniform because normally I usually see everyone do the Niners or variations of the Niners uniform. Um, I ended up developing a serious crush on Captain Solok. <laughs> so I figured like I wanted to do the baseball uniform for them because I had seen the Niners as well. Yes. I'm like, all right, I'll mix it up. <laughs> and like the response has been pretty good because they're always like, oh, yay, it's a logician. <laughs> we have an enemy now. It's like... Don't hit me. <laughs> they won't hit you. Do they just like pitch really close? Really close. <laughs> Duck. And they'll have Worf go, death to the opposition, death to the opposition. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. So earlier this morning, the lines were crazy in here for the Discovery cast. And... As I said, because Shatner is currently on stage right now, that's where everyone is, relatively speaking, <laughs> for a Saturday. Okay, so let everybody know who you're cosplaying as. <laughs> uh, Emperor Philippa Georgiou from the Mirror Universe in Discovery. <laughs> so, what was the hardest part of making the costume? Probably working with the gold lame fabric. This okay, stuff so is this like, is actual gold lame. Yes, and uh, it just goes everywhere. It doesn't stay anywhere where you want it to stay, and it just like slides out of the sewing machine left and right. So trying well, to wrangle it together and keep it in one spot to sew it all together was the, probably the hardest part. So how long did it take, take to actually get the outfit all together? All together, I would say maybe about 50 plus hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> a long time. So a bunch of weekends. So many weekends. I started this back in, I'd say, May, April. Okay. So it's been a couple months. <laughs> and what is the response? 
It's been great. Uh, people just keep stopping me for pictures, and it's been really awesome. I keep getting a lot of long live the empire. Yes. Long live the empire. Yes, long live the empire. <laughs> now, do you plan to do Section 31, Giorgio? Uh, I did that on Wednesday, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I, I plan to continue being Giorgio. Were there any adventures with making that outfit? Um, that one was actually more of a closet costume because I have I wear a lot of black, okay. <laughs> so I already had a lot. I had a black leather jacket, I had black leggings, I had um, the Section 31 badge already. So. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> okay, we need to go around because we have a sig alert here in the vendors' room. So alternative routes are suggested. So as I said. In our previous episode, everybody that is going to be here today doing autographs is here. Um, the bulk of the Discovery cast will be here tomorrow doing autographs because that's when all of the Discovery panels are going to be. So I know you're going to be listening to this at least a month after it happens, but make sure you're following me on Twitter at PromenadePod while I'm live tweeting all that out. Sir, can I interview you really quick? Sure. Okay. So, can you let everybody know who you're cosplaying as? I am cosplaying as the Mego Spock action figure from the 1970s. Okay, where'd you get the idea to do that? I'm just a huge vintage toy fan, and my friends have been trying to get me into a costume for 11 years now, <laughs> and they said, we'll make anything for you, just tell us what. And I said, I want to be Amigo. That was it. Did they know what Amigo was? Yes, they did. Okay. So that that part was easy. Okay, so what they made the costume? A friend of mine who is a costume person on Broadway uh, oh, wow. took took my idea and turned it into an actual, made it a thing. Okay. And then the accessories were 3D printed by a gentleman and everything else is handmade. So what has the reception been so far today? Uh, reception has been great. I guess a lot of people who love the old toys have stopped me and taken pictures and I was lucky to meet Marty Abrams from Mego uh, earlier this week and I stopped by the Mego booth and those guys loved it. So. Well, I know John Champion was going crazy because on your back you actually have a, two sc a scale sized... I do. I um, do. I have this two scale massive snap back here. <laughs> So I was very detailed, even on the parts that you wouldn't normally see or may not notice. So yes. So does the out is it does the outfit breathe or? Uh, it does. It's neoprene. It's actually fairly light and thin. Okay. Uh, neoprene gave it some stiffness, and there's some horsehair hems to thicken it up. Okay. Uh, the only sweaty part is this this one. The one part that was off the shelf was the headpiece. Yeah. I had to paint it to make it a little closer to what I needed, but it was. Otherwise, off the shelf, and I, it's solid rubber, so I am sweating <laughs> like a pig. <laughs> Were you, are you going to be entering the costume contest today? As, as I understand it, I heard the costume contest was a little more limited to characters that appeared in actual episodes. I'm not sure. Well, that's I'm not true. A couple of years ago, a guy did the, the picture of the... Hi. The pic, uh, you know the famous Star Trek helmet? Yes. He did that. He, he got a helmet and he dressed up as the kid it's on the box. made by Mingo, by the way. Yeah. That helmet. And he entered the costume contest as that. Okay. And believe it or not, the judges had no idea what was going on. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I would recognize that immediately because that's another Mingo product. Yeah. I know everybody was trying on the helmet after the landing party. 
Well, I uh, honestly, I don't know if I'd even be eligible, but okay. uh, I'll have to think about it. Thank you for letting well, me Well, maybe know. next year. Maybe next year. So. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Is this your first STOV? Yes, it is. How is it different from um, celebrate Star Wars Celebration? You actually get to talk to the actors. Celebration, like, nobody was walking around. They had no tables out for you to go talk to. You had to pay for everything. So they, they basically Disney had, like, security separating the actors from yeah, all of the... Yeah, you had to prepay before you, like... Yeah, you couldn't just... You can just go up and talk you to You could show people. up day of and try and buy autographs and pictures, but if it's sold out, you're out of luck. And then you probably noticed how when they're in the casino, it, they're, they're approachable as well, depending well, on what's going on. Well, now we got to go. It, it depends who it is. Yeah. But you can say, oh, hi, I'm a big fan. So what, so what brought you to STLV then? Her birthday. Happy birthday. She took me to celebration for my birthday, so okay. now we get to come here for her birthday. And then what other differences have you noticed as compared to Star Wars Celebration? Uh, it's more personal. A lot more people dress up, a lot more people. Yeah. You see a lot more uh, fan involvement, and uh, even at the, um, just friendlier. Even even the vendors just get a friendlier feel. It's more personable, it feels like more of a community of fans than... Celebration felt more like a money-making machine than... Well, you said you see more cosplay. I've seen pictures from Celebration and people in cosplay, so do you mean the very, like, homemade stuff, or what do you... Uh, just, like, even just casual. Like, everybody has some... Not everybody. A lot more people have some version of an officer shirt on. Um, there are definitely a lot of really intricate and expensive-looking and impressive uh, uh, outfits at uh, at the Star Wars, but there weren't as many people doing okay. it. They were, they were like the 501st, like oh, the actual yeah. cosplayers walking yeah. around. Yeah, I've interviewed um, the local 501st in the L.A. area. Yeah, they have, once a month, they have the parties where they make the stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like there's a there was a good amount of costumes there, but it was all, they had like setups for pictures and dioramas. And like all the best costumes were like the 501st cosplayer people. Well, you probably also notice that some cosplayers have two, two or three costume changes per day. Oh, this is our first day here. We've only been here a few hours, okay. so we're still exploring. Okay, well have fun. Thank you. Thank you, welcome to the family. Thank you. It's Captain Killy, I love Captain Killy. Good. So, I don't know what to say. <laughs> so, we, there's somebody doing George, Emperor, Emperor Giorgio. I saw her earlier. I wanted to get a picture, but I haven't seen her since the well, parade. She was in the hallway. Oh, wait. What time was the parade this morning? 9.15. It was the like 9.30. The, God, the ungodly hour of 9.30 in know. Vegas. I know. Yeah. Okay. Have fun. <laughs> See ya. Okay. It is a perfect storm currently. Um, the Shatner panel lets out, and everybody's in front of the Delta trying to get pictures taken. Let me get to the side here so I don't get run over. Sarah and Amanda? Yes. <laughs> First one to recognize. Hello. Hello. So, which Sarah and which Amanda? AOS, right? AOS, yeah. Sure. 
AOS where she didn't die. Yeah. Winona Ryder. Oh, you're doing Kelvin. Yes. Oh. Yes. I've never met anyone who's actually done Kelvin, Amanda and Sarek. No, they, they've either do TOS or later TNG. I'm too young to do either, so <laughs> no, I have to do. You're fine. <laughs> I, could, I could dress up as an old woman. But I don't. I don't think I could rock it. Well, no. You have to remember, Sarek lived so long. He had a. He had a new wife. That is true. But I. I won't hold it against him. <laughs> so where'd you get the idea to do Kelvin, Amanda, and Sarek? Um, Amanda Sarek is like my favorite couple. So, and I. It was a really fun costume. That she always wears really nice things that I wanted to do. So what are your thoughts on the Discovery, Amanda, and Sarek? Oh, I love Discovery, Amanda. I hate. Discovery spot or Sarek. Oh. <laughs> He's a jerk. <laughs> well, you know, I find it, I'm probably in the minority, but I think James Frain is unintentionally, I don't think he's aware he's doing this, but he's playing this Sarek more as a romantic, but a Vulcan romantic. Yeah, I still think he's a total jerk, though. So. Why'd you marry him? You know, it seemed logical. <laughs> it seemed logical at the time. Yeah, at the time. Okay, currently on the main stage, they're doing. The motion picture 40th anniversary panel about the special effects. Jane Wayne, when she was doing the Victorian Hollow novel. Regina Bartholomew Moriarty. We got married. Oh. I've never seen anyone do this cosplay before. It's going to be a little bit anyway. I like to be original. <laughs> The Kate Mulgrew line is literally going back towards the rotunda. Later on today will be the, as it says in the program, Riker and Star Trek Picard cast. And we have no idea what that's going to be. So are you doing punk rock, Cardassian? I've been doing. I did that Wednesday, and now I'm kind of doing that too, but I've got my Janeway shirt on. You could say Bunk Rock Cardassian. That's what I would say, yeah, yeah. Where'd you get the idea to do this cosplay? Well, this is just how I dress every day, so I figured I would put my Cardassian makeup on and call it a cosplay. It's a pretty lazy and it looks okay, so. Whatever works, works. Yeah, yeah, whatever works. Okay, thank you. I mean, if you've ever seen an improv show, it's mostly white. <laughs> um, so, low. Yeah. Um, oh shoot, no, you're after hours. No, what is it? Night shift. Night, Night shift. shift. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So nobody's going beer me, Cap. Beer me, Picard. No, no. that's uh, that's we. I, I showed that to Aaron when we were first <laughs> pitching the idea and trying to figure it out. Um, and I said, if it ever turned out anything like that, I would just walk off the show. Yeah. Like, no, well, they got, the fact they got Chris Pine to do that. <laughs> That's actually Chris Pine's voice? Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, that, that doesn't make it any better. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we wanted to have... That uh, actually make it worse. <laughs> I mean, I, I wanted that show to be fun, uh, but that was going a little... That, that was too much in the line of, like, we're missing the heart. Uh, and, you know, we need to have uh, the fact that it's, it's a group of people who are like, um, they are, the crew should be a bunch of competent people who are friends and they care about each other. 
And that's the first thing that we need to do is establish that. Then after that, we can start to have fun and joke around and occasionally have the drunk episode or whatever else. But you can't have that unless you first make people care about the characters and their relationships. Uh, so, I mean, for a two-minute sketch, uh, you know, yeah, you can get away with just being like, yeah, beer me. <laughs> but if we're going to do an hour-long show and it's still that, you're, you're done. <laughs> you're so done. You're like, I'm, I can't take this anymore. And, and if you do a whole series, then absolutely not, yeah. So... This is essentially happening within the same um, timeline as imp the improvised generation yeah. on the McGinley, correct? Yeah, yeah. It's actually a um, uh, it's a spin-off of what the improvised generation is doing. So we're taking all the things that ha have happened in their show and including them as the basis for our show. Uh, so it's a spin-off of an improv show, which is based off of a spin-off of a show by Gene Roddenberry. So it's, it gets a little, little, little down the rabbit hole, but uh, we have fun. So I guess, I guess this, this is the obvious question. Is there any crossover, any planned crossovers with the improvised generation? Uh, well, I mean, we're good friends with that entire cast, and they love what we're doing, and we, of course, love what they're doing, because our show is in many ways an homage to what they do. Uh, frequently, uh, some of the cast members are actually our teachers, um, and so um, we are, uh, there may be guest stars who show up every once in a while, yeah. Because stuff happens during the night shift. Because I work night shift and stuff happens every now and then. Right, yeah. Um, our, our motto for the, for the show right now is don't wake up the captain. Um, <laughs> so whatever happens, it needs to be something that is not so serious that we need to wake up the captain. Uh, but um, you never know. I mean, like, we're all on the same ship and, you know, they should be asleep, but maybe they're not. <laughs> so, yeah, they might drop in every now and again. So, how has um, Night Shift been received? Because I want, really wanted to go to what, to one of your performances, but my work schedule prohibited me from doing that. Oh yeah. Um, well, we do actually have a um, uh, a YouTube channel, okay. so you can watch them that way. Okay. Um, and if you go to, I think it's uh, Bitly dot Watch Night Shift. Um, I think that's. I think we got that URL. Uh, that one uh, will lead you straight to our YouTube channel. Um, but. Uh, we're getting a full run. Um, we're going to be up on uh, in October on Fridays at eight o'clock. Okay. Um, and this is for those for those this is the Improv Theater in North Hollywood. That's right. Uh, it's uh, Impro Theater. Uh, so if you go to improtheater.com, you can see all the kinds of shows that we do there. We're a genre and narrative improv play. So we do besides Star Trek, we do Improvised Jane Austen, Tennessee Williams, Chekhov. Uh, Twilight Zone. Uh, there's a dozen, a dozen more. I'm in an improvised Wes Anderson also. Just, it is goofy as. How, how do you do improvised Wes Anderson? I'll tell you about that because of the jerk jacket that you're wearing right now. Lets me know that you're clearly very sad. But I want you to know that I'm joined in the Merchant Marine because I love you. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that you would say in an improvised Wes Anderson. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, I'm reminded of, of somebody told, did this this um, three-minute short. It's on YouTube. It's if Wes Anderson did an adult film. Oh, God. Oh, that's, that's hideous. But, but there's, nothing, there's no nudity or anything. It's basically... Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like taking all the tropes from, like, 
like the pizza delivery guy, the <laughs> the woman that's into weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh God! Like <laughs> kids earmuffs. There's like one bit about oh yes, and I have Benoit balls. <laughs> yeah, here's an antique, uh, you know, uh, beer mug that was crafted by my father in the shape of a bear. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. It, those the, those really specific quirky details are, are some of the things that make Wes Anderson Wes Anderson. But the other thing is that it's all again just veiled subtext, and there's a lot of emotion. It's just not showing up on the surface, and you can see it see it just boiling underneath the surface. Uh, yeah. Well, I also know there was another one you, that you were doing. It was improvised Aaron Sorkin. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, that was something. Actually, I'm going to talk to the director about that one because. Uh, the director of that show uh, wanted to do improvised Aaron Sorkin because of the social issues that you could bring up. Star Trek is well known for being about social issues, so one of the things I would like to do with Night Shift in the future uh, is to start to drive it towards the idea of we're going to tackle a social issue, uh, but in the, in the style of Star Trek. But before we can do that, we need to have a group of people who really clearly care about each other and you care about the characters first. Okay. So, yeah, but yeah, that's, that's actually the direction that we want to head in. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> like that's what I don't get. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Who's the story about this time? Okay. Yeah, you know, oh, who's yeah. our protagonist? Well, I, I mean, once we know that, we know. Okay. And then the next question but, is like, um, okay, I'm a performer here in Las Vegas. So if you can introduce yourself, ma'am. Yes, I'm Alexis Church, and I'm a gondolier here in Las Vegas, and this is my first Star Trek convention. How long have you been a fan? Um, since I was five years old. So TNG was your first series? Uh, TOS. Okay. Yeah, I used to watch it with my dad. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, then uh, around yeah. 11, I started watching uh, The Next Generation. Okay. So how'd you hear about the convention if you live in Vegas and this is your first time here? Well, my sister-in-law is also into Star Trek, okay. which was really exciting because I was like, yay, a sister that loves Star Trek. <laughs> So she's been coming, and her boyfriend actually works the convention. Okay. He's working one of the booths, and so she invited me. Okay. Yeah. So how are you enjoying it so far? Oh, it's been amazing. Um, I got to meet Q. I got to Wait, meet Wait, which Q? Mom. There were there were five Qs. Oh, QQ. John DeLance. Okay. Oh my gosh, he was so nice. And I got to meet Rom, and he was so super nice, and it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, the, the actors love coming to this convention because yeah. we're so, for, for the most part, we're so chill, and we're like, oh, okay, hey, you want a drink? Here you go. Well, John DeLance was so sweet because uh, he, he asked me what I do, and I explained I was a performer here in Las Vegas. And so I went to pay for my autograph and everything, and he said no. No, no, from one performer to another. Don't worry about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so sweet. That's so nice. Yeah. So, have you here just for the weekend or all five days? So, um, I'm just doing today, actually. Okay. Yeah, because I actually have to play the organ in church tomorrow. <laughs> Music major in college? Um, no, I'm actually, uh, I was classically trained in the piano. I've okay. played piano for over 30 years. I own my own business teaching piano lessons, and then I sing as a gondolier on the weekend. Okay. So, I, I did not go to school for music, but I, I had private lessons. Okay. Well, I was a music major in college. 
and what do you do? Well, well, I didn't. I dropped out because that stuff happened. But I play the clarinet, and I've been playing it for almost 30 years. Oh, that's amazing! Okay, I play piano, flute, piccolo, organ, and I sing. You're a quintuple threat. I guess so. I should change my email because it says triple threat. <laughs> So, is there anything you're hoping to see today? Well, I already got to meet Brent Spiner, which, I mean, meeting Q and meeting Data is like the ultimate for me. Those are my two most favorite people in the entire planet, and it was so exciting, and they were so super nice. So, uh, really, at this point, anything else is just a bonus. Then you should have been here on Wednesday for Brent's panel. I know. Because he did, he has new material for his Patrick Stewart impression, and he's going... Like, well, Patrick, what's the name of the show? Well, Brent, the name of the show is Star Trek oh, I Picard. <laughs> I have two impressions for you. So okay. I, I have Borg. Okay. We are Borg. Resistance is futile. You'll be assimilated. And, of course, it is a good day to die. <laughs> if only the experience were still open. <laughs> I know. I loved that. I was so sad when they closed it. I absolutely loved it. Have you lived in Vegas your whole life, or? No, I'm from Utah, so I've only lived here for 18 years. Okay. It's a long time, though. So you were here when the experience was open? I was here, and I went several times. Well, they had the, the convention used to be there. Oh, that would have made sense. I'm surprised that the yearly convention didn't bring up enough revenue to keep it open. Well, there's a rumor that may or may not be true that what they were going to do was... They were going to, after the contract ended, they were going to take that whole space and they were going to turn it into a theater because they wanted to have Michael Jackson in residency there. Oh, but then... Stuff happened. Right. Oh, wow. That's a, that makes sense, actually. Because, I mean, I thought it brought in some pretty good money. Right. It did, but it's just the people that were owned the hotel, they didn't own that. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad they should reopen it. I think. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're awesome. Oh, oh uh, the doomsday machine. The doomsday machine. The uh, giant, what is it? Uh, those corn chips, the bugle. <laughs> the episode where John Billion rips off Jaws. Or he, he basically, because there's this two, they, they do the bum bum. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And John Williams rips it off for Jaws. Wait, wait, wait. When was Jaws made? Ten, about ten years later. later yeah. yeah. Oh, Jaws ripped it off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it may be the or it used or, it. Or John Williams is using two different notes, but you watch it for it's the same kind of yeah. Boom, 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 boom. No, no, I just... Weird. Weird. I have all of Weird. the series music stuck in my head. The only 23 minutes of the loops over. So, I have a question about that. Yeah. Were they not able to get the rights to the TOS theme for the animated series? No, they wanted to make more money, basically, by rewriting it, and they could, they could then submit that music as a new... Because there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with the TA, TAS theme. It's real catchy. Right, and I think there was a like wanting to differentiate them too, just so they wanted like wouldn't have the same exact music. Okay. But um, they ended up using a lot of that over again in filmation later. So I think it's and they, they might have wanted to just have 
a score they wouldn't have to score every episode. Okay. So they had like here's let's make a kind of a smorgasbord of music that we can pick from every episode. And, yeah. So, and they they record the rest Paris. of the con. Okay, so it looks like the lunch crowd is here at Quark, so we're going to make our way out, because where are we? So in about 20, 25 minutes, we're going to make our way into the main theater, because at 2 p.m., our good friend Amy Imhoff is going to be moderating Kate Mulgrew's panel. Scott Mance is walking by. Okay, so we're going to head back into the vendor's room. And then we're going to be pausing the recording to live tweet some panels. Okay, so we're in the vendor's room. So let me see if I can snake my way through here. So we've got a full house in terms of autographs here. Um, because creation doesn't like it when you take pictures of people at tables. So you've got Jonathan Frakes next to the actors that played Minuet, next to LeVar Burton, next to Michael Dorn, next to Gates McFadden, next to John Delancey. Okay, so we're making our way out of the vendor's room. How are you doing? We gotta I'm stop meeting much. like this. Say, say that again? I said we have to stop meeting like this. You sure? Well, you know my eyes are closed, that won't work on me, right? It, it, it doesn't need to because you see, I'm, I'm not just a, a Section 31 and Agent S for, for Men in Black, I'm also Agent Smith, Matrix. Think about it, remember the scene, yeah? Yes. There you go. Yes, but I remember when he got out of the phone, he was human. Yeah, but also in the film, he obviously puts his hand in people and then he turns in, they turn into Agent Smith. Yeah, I know. He crashed the program that way. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. So, so really, every, everybody is Sean Mooney. <laughs> oh, there you go. You can't argue with that logic. Sean Mooney, he is the Jeffrey Combs of STLV. He is everywhere. And why wouldn't everybody want to be Sean Mooney? That's the third convention meme that's going to happen. Why, why, why wouldn't everybody want to be Sean Mooney? So you know, it's, yeah. it's been put out there, I, not by me. I love the Men in Black Section 31, but you missed it. You could have done Captain Picard from Love Boat, The Next Generation with the stewardesses. They walked right past me, but they, but you see, you know, my neuralizer was out. They, <laughs> their minds got wiped, so they didn't actually see me. So I need to go and reconnect with them all now. Well, I knew they were going to be doing that. I didn't know what day they were going to be doing that. I, I didn't even know that they were going to be doing it. Michelle kept that one secret from me. She's been teasing me. She has for for a week now. She has. She's been sending me messages and everything. So. In that cosplay, but my but, chaotic schedule of trying to get here uh, did not make it so. Yes, there was an issue with the trans warp tubes. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. The mycelium network wasn't working properly. <laughs> oh, I want to laugh at that, but I got into, I got stuck in a room party Wednesday night with a guy who is an anti-discovery guy, so logic and facts didn't work with him. Is that Sky Gray? No, it, it was an older gentleman. Oh, okay. 
He's one of the people that, that believes everything Midnight Shadow says on YouTube. Well, you know what? It, it is Star Trek. There will always be haters. And then give them another couple series, and then they'll go, whoa, Discovery was fantastic. Well, we brought and that... we could have with Discovery again. We brought that up. Did you like the first two seasons of TNG? No. Okay, then. What's your point? Yeah, yeah exactly. What's your favorite now? Oh, it's TNG. Like, and actually, you... and I'm one of them. So I was one who kind of fell away in my young adulthood, um, probably between Deep Space Nine and Voyager. And then I never watched Enterprise. I could not get through the beginning. And then when I watched Enterprise, finally, after coming to a couple years of conventions, I fell in love with it. It is my favorite show. And as a woman, to see so many men running around lubed up and in skivvies, I was all over that. So those were some of my favorite things. And I thought it was a really well-written story. Okay. So I swore after that, I don't care what Star Trek puts out. It could be crap and garbage. I will go and I will love it because I want this to exist when I retire and into my old age, I want to be looking forward to new shows. So, Enterprise taught me my lesson. So, did you prefer did you prefer season three or season four? Which one had the Zindi in it? That was all of season three. Then I preferred season four. <laughs> Where they were doing the three episode mini arcs. I and really liked a lot of the arcs. I liked um, especially the there's the Vulcan. I love the Vulcan arc, which the ending ties into Redemption's part one and two. I also like the whole Klingon. Uh, they kidnapped Neelix. No, no, not not, not Neelix. Billingsley. Um, um, Doctor Flock. Doctor Flock. They kidnapped him so that they could um, they could treat that mutant virus yeah. that had started spreading i think that story is going to come back into discovery somewhere along well, the way you know i have to be nitpicky because if the smooth the smooth forehead klingons exist in the time of discovery why didn't they just do reconstructive surgery on one of them to be ash tyler well that and i just watched the uh, trials and tribulations and in there they had modified a klingon to look human yeah. Which is no different than what they well, did they, with Ash, right? But they were, they were still the smooth-headed ones, as Worf, as Worf points out. Which, you know, that, that something love, happened, there was some genetic editing, I, it didn't work I right. love that scene, like, they're Klingons, where are the Klingons? Well, there, and the, I'm cutting you off. And they all look at Worf. Yeah. yeah. We don't talk Probably about this matter. <laughs> with outsiders, right? <laughs> yes. I think that story is going to Well, come I know in. it's interesting because the same people that hated Discovery are the same people are the same people that hated Enterprise are now the same people that hate Discovery. They're probably going to be the same people that are going to hate Picard and they're going to hate Lower Deck. I'm already bitching about Picard and and I'm just like, you know what? I'm just glad Star Trek is existing. I mean, we were lucky to be around for the Star Trek Renaissance when Next Generation was out at the same time as Deep Space Nine, and then Voyager sort of trailed on, and then we still had Enterprise. Well, then it what disappeared? And we had the for TNG movies. And then it disappeared for a number of years, and then with the JJ track coming back, and frankly, I enjoyed that as well. Is it different? Sure. Do I like it? Yes. And then um, now Discovery came back. We got Picard coming. We've got uh, the animated series. Well, there are going to be two animated series. There's going to be Lower, Lower Decks, Decks, and there's going to be a Nickelodeon one for oh, kids. Okay. Well, which is smart. I mean, our fandom's getting old, and if well, we're no, going to live, we need to attract the kids. Well, I see people bringing kids with them. Well, and people say, oh, it's not a kid's show, and I'm like, well, you know what? In the 60s, it was college students, and it was kids coming home and, and being able to watch it with their yeah. families. So, we shall see. But I am super excited. Okay, so... 
I need to find some place or to pause the recording because we're going to be making our way into the theater for Kate Mulgrew's panel. Okay, and we are back. So we just had the back-to-back-to-back panels with Kate Mulgrew, who is not coming back in Picard. She said she's not, but we're going to put an asterisk next to that, followed by the doctor's panel with surprise special guest Wilson Cruz, followed by the Jonathan Frakes and the Picard cast, which was Jerry Ryan and, and Jonathan Del Arco. So apparently they've been, they all knew about Picard, Star Trek Picard happening for at least a year. And they, the fact that nothing's been leaked about Jerry Ryan in character as Seven and Jonathan Del Arco in character as Hugh is truly a, a miracle of miracles. The only new Star Trek Picard news that we have is they filmed at City Walk. That's about it. Okay, so we're now heading back into the vendor's room. Are you cosplaying hologram Beverly Crusher from Hollow Pursuits? Roxana Troy, daughter of the fifth house, holder of the sacred chalice of Reeks, and heir to the holy rings of Beta Zed. Who are you? I'm a guy with a microphone. Your thoughts are <laughs> damn near pornographic. <laughs> I just got towed off by a Loxana Troy. Congratulations, question mark? Okay, so... We're in the vendor's room. It's picked up because of the back-to-back-to-back panels. Okay, so we're making our way out of the vendor's room, back into the convention area. So I'm noticing not only do we have the private security company that's here, we also have armed Caesar security. Yes, let me say that again armed Caesar's security. I know we Trek fans tend to get unruly, but we don't, I didn't think we'd get that unruly. So it's about five o'clock right now on Saturday. So on behalf of a cast of thousands today, this has been our coverage of day four of STLV 2019. We'll see you next time for our coverage of day five.